All or Nothing, a cautionary tale. Welcome aboard Sprout One. I'm your host, Dave Algio, Chief Sprout Sweater. Buckle up and settle in. Your in-flight show is a cautionary tale. The risks of all or nothing. It's episode 22. And as we lift off the pad and before you get into the episode, don't forget, if you find that the demands of life and the meaning of it all is leading you to sleepless nights, tossing and turning with deep and not so deep questions rattling around your head, then hop on over to thesproutsweater.com to gain access to my free Operation Snooze Sleep Improvement Audio Program. Start getting your head back and your shit together so that you can start getting life back on your terms. Sproutsweater.com Last week's episode, I encouraged you to explore the positives of negative thinking. In other words, the motivational power of identifying what could happen if you took no action towards your goals and dreams. Now, I think there's a bit of a strange dichotomy in the world today. We have a world where, on the one hand, we have nothing but negative news on the telly. And then on the other, we have this pseudo-scientific pull to think only positive thoughts. And it can feel wrong to actually sit with and consider the negative side of our actions or inactions. But the reality is we do this anyway. If not consciously and constructively, we do it unconsciously. If you have a worry or something that you are denying in yourself or pushing down, it's still on your mind. Perhaps not at the forefront of your mind or on your conscious mind, but it's nevertheless there. And it may well be adding psychological strain on top of everything else that you have to cope with. And this is the focus of this week's podcast episode. A cautionary tale, if you like, from from yours truly. (laughs) And one that will provide a bit more of my backstory, I guess. One that hopefully helps you understand why I am such a strong advocate for the small but consistent routines, rituals and actions. And the approach to improving yourself and achieving your goals through that regular routine sprout sweating. You see, prior to setting up my business and what have you, I've spent the majority of my time living in denial. Working hard and on the face of it, I was successful as a police officer on the promotion path and I was a family man and an all-round nice bloke, I guess. But I was living a lie, (laughs) one which it became increasingly difficult to ignore or silence with alcohol, which was my preferred, I'm not saying it's a good thing, and certainly not consciously at the time, my preferred numbing agent. I felt like life was just passing me by, and there were elements of my life I did know were good. My family, for example, uh, the fact that I had an income, um, but I felt there was more, there had to be more. And I know I've spoken about this in previous episodes, so I'll try not to repeat myself too much here, but I felt unhappy anxious, feeling like at any minute someone would discover I was a fraud or that I would make some monumental mistake. And I was faking it. Not in the sense of being able to do my job. I could do it. And although I knew the risks, I could look around and see I was at least as competent as the decent police officers there. But I was faking being happy, being happy in my work and family life. And I wasn't. Not that I didn't love being a father, for example. I was just preoccupied with the anxiety and the misery I was wrapped up in. And that's the the irony of being in those states. You so don't want to feel like that, but you become ever more present to just how bad you feel and then add in some self-hatred for good measure. And 
I contained it. I held it in. And I put a front on. Because that's what you do, isn't it? And it, it wasn't until... Actually, I was on my police trainers course. I'd applied for the training department and uh, got a post and was sent on a six-week training course. And it was a bit of a life changer. And I remember one particular moment sitting in the classroom um, where we're learning adult learning theories and all sorts of things, you know, how to design training and that kind of thing. But there was one particular section we were looking at reflective practice. And they, from me- if memory serves me, they drew up on the board that uh, the reflective cycle, the negative reflective cycle. And what that meant was that how we can have a thought that's negative and then we can add in some negative feelings around it and add to how some other evidence from past experience or, you know, other con- supporting evidence that confirms why that negative thought is true. And we end up going down in a negative spiral. And I remember sitting there thinking, that's me. I do that. Why am I 30 odd and just seeing this for the first time? I'm a bloke in my 30s and I've never seen that before. Now, I probably have in some respects or had, but I just wasn't receptive to it. But I remember thinking, I'm doing that to myself. I'm tormenting and torturing myself with the self-talk, the negative stuff. And it's doing nothing but making me miserable. And it wasn't some magical change, but it was a point where I couldn't unsee it. I couldn't unlearn it. And there was a turning point. And there was no stopping it. And I think from that point, I realised that I had to start working on myself and making some changes. And I think this is where we can often be put off going there. Because... As I started to realise that I was in that negative reflective cycle, I had to get honest with a lot of other things because I was lying to myself and putting a front up and pretending I was all right when I wasn't, but I was also lying about areas of my life that I wasn't happy with. And I think that's where it starts to get scary. I think that's where many of us don't even go there. We don't even want to confront those feelings of, is this it? Is there more? We would rather silence, as I did for so many years, those feelings of despair, of feeling trapped, crushed, lost, feeling like, God, there's got to be more life, but feeling like it's not for you. I think that often many of us will choose not to go there, will not, will choose not to step into that and see what's there and see that perhaps there is more to life, and even embrace something called hope. Because hope, well, that's a scary thing, isn't it? Um, But not only is it about hope, because hope can be dashed, you can be let down, you can have hope and it doesn't live up to expectations. And how many times have we experienced that in our life? Just to reinforce that reason for why we don't go there. But hope is one thing, but so is having to confront things truths that perhaps we've pushed down because therein lies pain. There be pain for me, you and other people, for loved ones, family members potentially, because change might mean pain, it discomfort. And I think once we start to be truthful with ourselves, there is no stopping. And it's a case of what else do I have to admit to? That is scary and I do get it. But I now look back and I realise that that wasn't the biggest issue. In fact, stepping through into being honest with myself was painful. It was a painful first step, but it was a painful first step to a wild ride. Yes, emotionally taxing and unsettling and disturbing for lots of us, me, my family members, uh, friends. 
But it was one thing above all. It was living. It was actually starting to reconnect with life on an honest level. And as I said, that wasn't the biggest issue. The biggest issue was in fact the beliefs I had around how I had to make the changes. Good old all or nothing. Good old all or nothing that I've been talking about in the last few episodes is where it is. It was, after all, all I had. You know, if I was going to get fit, well, let's get out there, run run five miles a day until you're fit. Lose weight, eat dust for weeks, <laughs> and so on. Obviously a bit extreme, but yeah. But that all or nothing was how I approached whatever changes I saw fit to engage in my life. So it was naturally the thing that I went to when I started to embrace the 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 fake life that I was living and to challenge it and change and confront the truths. But what did I do? I embraced that and I approached it just like I had all my other decisions by making all of those biggest decisions in my life all at once. Why not get it done? Burn your boats, get it over with and then get on with it. And the problem was, I really, I often imagine it as a Lego building. You know, you can tell I've got kids, a Lego building, which is lovely, but then I just smashed it. I just knocked it down, put a grenade in there and just blasted it. I left my family, um, one of the most painful things I'll ever do. I decided to leave my job, jump ship and set up a business. I had no idea what I was doing in a business. Um, Loads of financial responsibilities behind that, but I just went for it. I tried to rebuild my life after just burning the old one down. Now, this is where, I guess, that burn your boats and whatever, it brings me to remind me of a phrase that I've come to abhor. I hate it. And it's this phrase. If you you want something, then just jump, leap off. Just jump and build your wings on the way down. Oh, I hate that phrase. Because at the time, I probably was in that mindset. And don't get me wrong, for a lucky few, that might work. But for me, and I suspect so many others whom we never hear about because we only ever hear about the breathtaking success stories, don't we? We never hear about the ones that crash and burn. And for me, well, I did jump. I left my relationship, decided to settle the business, jumped, safe career, gone into self-employment and tried to build my wings on the way down too. Trouble was, I had no blueprint for the print for the wing building process. I hadn't nipped a B&Q to buy any materials and I hadn't even... I didn't even know where to start if I had, to be fair. So in short, I did crash. I crashed at the bottom. I ended up being two pounds, two pounds from literally having our house repossessed, the marital home that we were trying to sell. I had no income coming in. I had no business to speak of and no options. Or so I thought. But at that point, I had to get real. And I identified what I needed to do to get things back to some sort of sanity And I returned to police work. I didn't want to. I really so didn't want to. And I initially returned part-time. Part-time to just cover the basic bills. But I eventually had to admit defeat and return full-time because I'd got myself into such a financial hole and I had to deal with the financial catastrophe, catastrophe and rebuild my life. I found a place to rent, thanks to a good friend. And rather than living and running my business from bedrooms of equally good friends, um... I started rebuild. I've got a lot to be thankful for, despite the the mistakes that I made. I started to rethink my life. What did I want? Everything I've shared so far in the podcast episodes, I did in a rough and ready sort of way, which is why I am so passionate about sharing it, because I think anybody can accelerate the the 12-year journey of bimbling about that I had. They can accelerate that with some 
wise action and some guidance. So my question was, did I want to continue with my business? Absolutely. I did not want to be in the police, but for now it was necessary. So how would I rebuild? And this is where I had to finally admit all or nothing was not going to cut it. And I had to do it bit by bit, paying off the mountain of debt that I had bit by bit, reshaping my business bit by bit, blog by blog, client by client, video by video, idea by idea, sprout by sprout. And I came to realise that not only was all or nothing thinking so risky and destructive, it actually had no answers, nothing for me. Over the following years, I still fell into the traps. Uh, last week's episode, I talked about realising when I was 66, I would be rosy bid 21 and I'd you know, I needed to get something done. So I, I talked about that last week. But nevertheless, if all or nothing was not there for me, what was there for me was the sprout size changes, embedding sprout size habits, not making huge leaps, but carefully building my business on my days off from the police while still taking care not to burn myself out. I did it. And I guess this is where I want to get onto the takeaways from this. Other than it being a cautionary tale and one, you know, it's one with some darker times in it. And I want you to see it as this. Despite my best efforts, I'm still here. I'm still in business. I'm still sweating the sprouts. And I've grown to love my life. Love myself? Well, maybe that's still a bit of a work in progress. But I have shaped a life that is still more me. And for you, well, if any of this resonates with you, take heart. Feelings relating to the direction of your life can be unsettling or scary. You may have spent time trying to silence them for for a fair bit of time. That's fine. Just know that if and when you choose to listen to them, it could be the start of an amazing adventure. Not one without pain or hurt or uncomfort and change and upheaval, but nevertheless, one which can return you to the land of the living rather than the land of the existing. Doors our craft, the Sprout One begins the landing process, allowing you to return to your fellow humans. Consider this. If you do decide to listen to that inner voice and want to change your life, take a lesson from me. Do it sprout by sprout, not all at once. Either way it can work, in a fashion, but the former is far more conducive to a peaceful, fulfilled and meaningful unfolding of your life. And the adventure is richer for it. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed your flight aboard Sprout One. For show notes and information on how to get the podcast feed direct to your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other favorite podcast feed, visit SproutSweater.com. And touchdown.